0: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Empowerer podcast. Um, So today we have another special guest with us. Um, Steve, do you want to go ahead and introduce our guest?
1: Yes. Hello and welcome to our special guest, Mr. Jomar Mateo. And uh, I wanted to bring Jomar onto the podcast because he has some extremely valuable experiences uh, that I think would provide a ton of insight to anybody that's looking to get a job out there. Um, so a little background is I met Jomar when I was working at PlayStation and uh, we, we worked side by side, not professionally, but it was more of like some volunteer work where he actually came over to our studio uh, and was helping out with some stuff. Um, plus we played basketball kind of uh, after work hours. And one of the things that I noticed about Jomar is his hunger to learn and his ability to work with other people. And um, we've been in touch for the past maybe couple of years. And recently he came to me for a little bit of advice and uh, he wanted some guidance with um, regards to finding a job and working in the video game industry. And I think his story is incredible because of the hard work and dedication that he put into it um, to actually get a new job recently. Um, and I want Joe Mar to tell the story from his side so you can kind of see what his thought process was and why he came to me and what was his journey and things of that nature um so with that being said thank you Jomar, Mar for joining us to uh, in the Indian Power podcast
2: Thanks guys yeah thanks for having me here um but yeah i mean Steve basically hit it on the nail um yeah i uh, it was, it's a it's been a lot of hard work but um it's definitely worth it um i didn't know if did you just want me to start from when I first worked at Sony,
1: or? so just give give a little bit of background because you reached out to me. I think it was about mm-hmm. a year ago. And please tell us what was the story, what was going on in your head. You reached out to me, and like, what was like, what were you going through at that time?
2: Yes, so I, it was um, the when I reached out to Steve last time, it was in regards to getting back into the gaming industry. Um, so before before. This whole shenanigan is uh, when I when I met Steve, uh, I had a, the awesome opportunity to work for Sony. Um, it's just is exactly what Steve said. That's where I met him. I uh, met awesome co-workers as well. Uh, that's where I really got into the actual gaming industry business. Um, the the t- After that, I took a hiatus uh, from Sony um, because uh, it was like a two-year gap because I felt like... Uh, my family was telling me that this this kind of job isn't really sustainable. Um, it's it was a contract position, but I loved what I was doing. I worked I, I travel, I traveled almost nearly two hours every single day, even on 16-hour shifts. Um, I didn't mind it at all. Uh, so, but it, it, I kind of fell into that, and I agreed with with my family that you know maybe I need to pursue something else, and they mentioned nursing. So. sum it up, basically went through nursing for, I think, almost, I think it was like a couple of years. And I realized I can't, I couldn't do it. I was miserable every single day um, that I was doing it. It wasn't, it wasn't that I hated nursing per se, but it's just, it's something that I don't do. And you can tell when you're not passionate about something, it's so obvious. Um, it, It shows, it shows, it shows it on your face every day when you're going there and you know, you don't enjoy it. So after that, I actually dropped out of uh, nursing school and I said, you know what? I really enjoyed QA and I really enjoyed being in the gaming industry because I love games. So right after, right after actually I got, um, I got, uh, I dropped out and I was trying to figure out how to get back in it. I remember Steve, because uh, we still got that, I still had his picture on my contacts uh, when we were in the volu- doing the volunteer work, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, I remember Steve," and he helped me mentor me throughout uh, in PlayStation 2 about you know different what to do, to different career paths, what what else I should be looking for while I was in the industry before I left. So uh, I got in contact with him, still had his number, and, and we set up a set up a meeting, and we just started talking about you know uh, basically what told him i got all what happened um why i wanted to get back and what i wanted to do for future onward and he he gave me some really awesome advice um and kind of set me set me up to what i should be doing next and so that actually set me up and ended me i got a job at blizzard uh and so after getting the job at blizzard super stoked uh did a form it was a About a four-month contract so not too long but i still was able it was a nice experience to get back into it and then after that um the contract ended not too long ago but then um so i contacted reached steve again we talked to talked more and then i was able to actually get a uh that's when i was able to get the the amazon job uh that i currently got for product uh well project coordinator um, and I I wouldn't even have looked at project project coordinator at all if it wasn't Steve mentioning it because I did not know any I didn't know I could maybe do that, but once I started reading the job description I said, hey that's something I do, pretty much do already I did this in Blizzard, so why don't I try it and uh, rest is history, uh, so yeah I'm starting gonna be starting I believe next week next Monday,
1: dude that is freaking awesome and congratulations on, on getting the new gig. Um, and one do, of the one of the important parts that I want to kind of highlight there is that production coordinator. This wasn't even a job that you even kind of knew existed because, no. like, there's some there's some people that uh, the they only think that working in games means that you're a, a designer or a pro, or a artist or a programmer, and they don't realize that there's so many other. Uh, roles in the industry just to make games like what was your what was your story into finding that position
2: so yeah like you said i I had no clue um so my mindset before even knowing about that before you even mentioned it um i I, all i knew, all i thought it was just be a qa tester because all i know is people testing video games i knew there was other stuff like the artsy and the programming but I, i i am not artsy at all cannot drop for my life uh and i tried programming and it it got i i could uh, it wasn't making sense to me so i knew i didn't it wasn't those stuff but then i started i started looking at like the business side of it uh recently and that's where the the uh project coordinator uh uh, came in um and so with that it, it was it wasn't too much i wasn't i was including that into my job search but it wasn't such like a super highlight. However, it wasn't, you know, I didn't even I didn't even go really looking for it. It actually just came to me. Um it, one of Amazon's recruiters actually just saw all my stuff on my resume. Oh, cool, cool. They they said, "Oh, look at that. Uh, um this guy's resume, it looks perfect for this job." And when she sent me their job description, I said, "Oh yeah, you're right. That does that does look like what I do." So I don't so we started talking and it just went from there. So I, I didn't really have to search too much. My resume kind of spoke for itself, but at the same time too, you know making net, networking and connections and then all you know that's you know keeping in touch with Steve and stuff like that's totally helped me uh, you know obviously get to that point or even have that resume to be like that.
1: Gotcha. And like another one of those things that I love to talk about is the importance of networking and not just you knowing a bunch of people. But people also knowing that you exist, mm-hmm. and you touched on a point that a recruiter found you on what platform?
2: Oh, it was LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> so yes, he's definitely yeah. Steve's gonna Steve's going to point that point that out because I. Uh, i can i can attest i didn't i didn't think linkedin was too much of a thing i didn't realize how big it is especially now especially in this industry i'm used to looking on like indeed and monster job you know those those general job sites um but i didn't realize that um how how important it really was uh networking um until like I did get into the gaming industry and I was just realized and I said, you know, this is this is actually very important because you have to have that kind of network to know people because, you know, most of the time they hire internal stuff like that. Um, but the more you get to know people and, and like they know you, they you don't most of the time you don't even have to really look. It'll usually come to you because, you know, people get to know you and they know how you are, your work ethics and stuff like that. So, yeah, LinkedIn, LinkedIn was a was a big, like, um, uh, what do you call that? Epiphany, thing? I guess. I don't know if that's the word, but a, yeah, like, uh, like oh, yeah, I should probably use this more often. And so I really started, like, keeping my thing, uh, keeping my profile updated, all that stuff, um, to make sure that, you know, when people look at me, it's the most recent thing, all the recent stuff that I've done. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy.
1: <laughs> and, and even before that, one of the things that I remember is that, I worked in a certain department and you worked in testing and there was a time where you came over to volunteer for a game i believe it was Killstream, um, mm-hmm. and you were do you remember that yeah yeah i remember still remember <laughs> so one of the things about that is i remember you were brought as a group of volunteers so people that volunteered to take time out of their their busy work as testers to come over and work on this extra project that was, you know, in a completely different building with a completely different department. And one of the things that stuck out to me is that you have a heart of service and you're looking for opportunities to help other people and just going out of your way, like literally going out of the things that you were normally doing, not only to help us test that game, but also to do things like volunteer for uh, some conventions that we were working where you weren't even getting paid. But you spent like an entire weekend helping people test out virtual reality headset games uh, and you would just help them get set up. So that was one of the things that stuck out in my mind is that if this is who you are naturally, this is the type of work ethic and personality that you're going to bring into any workplace. And that's why I was so excited to give you a word of recommendation. And not only that, but to be one of your... Um, one of your references. Um, so that's why I that's what I saw in Jomar and what makes me want to help him because he has already shown the characteristics of a highly effective employee. And dude, thank you so much for, for everything that you've done before. And even like this, this podcast for you to come and share your story with all of the people that are listening to this. Um, that's just a testament to your, your personality. So thank you.
2: Oh yeah, no, thanks guys. Yeah, no, thanks for inviting me. And I I, 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 wanted to do this because, like, I wish someone, I wish I found out about this, you know, podcast or had something like this when I was first getting into the gaming industry because I had no clue. Literally, it, it was. I'd probably say it was a stroke of luck me getting into even Sony because I and I, lo- I always love telling this story um, because it's it's a testament to to always essentially trying you just you need to you try and do 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 it even if you don't think something's might come out of it but you got to try at least as that's that's the number one thing and the story is essentially uh before i started before i tried to apply to stony i uh i was applying to a whole bunch of other different jobs and it was a point where i just actually got um got out of college and i didn't know what i wanted to do really i had a (laughs) i have a bachelor's in biology pre-med i was supposed to go to medical school but like you know like what happened to me with that two year hiatus from nursing school i i i knew i didn't want to do it and and, and i want to try something else so i i went i started scouring and then i knew i love video games and i saw an opening at q in the qa department in sony and i in san diego and i said eh, no i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know uh apply to it but sh- uh, my girlfriend actually is the one who actually pushed me. She said, "Just apply. What do you What do you got to lose? The worst thing you can do is they're not they're not they're gonna either email you saying no or you just don't get anything at all." And I said, "You know what? Okay." And I still tried. Sent in my application. Got an interview. And here I am now. So yeah, it's it's if anything, um, the two things that I learned is very important. Was to try and also to just work work hard and make yourself known out there. It's uh, so it, it's a, it's if you really want to get into this industry, yeah, it's it networking and getting known is very very important. So that is, hopefully that, that, is, that helps someone.
0: That is so cool, man. <laughs> like I think the lesson to be to be taken away from that is that you tried in that. Um, A lot of people feel like, oh, I need to keep working on my portfolio before I can actually apply for this position. Um, Whereas there's always going to be kind of a gap between where you're at and what the job expects. But that's kind of where that job training comes into place. Right. So you never you you never actually know what what you can and can't do. So I I love that you actually just uh, just like kind of took a leap of faith and, and obviously it worked out for you. So that's that's really cool to hear.
2: Yep. Yep. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I also want to give a shout out to the girlfriend for giving that word <laughs> of confidence. Yeah. Because, I mean, there are times where we can always – where we can be down on ourselves, right? Where mm-hmm. we have that imposter syndrome where we don't even want to make an attempt because we – I mean, I yeah. personally have so many insecurities. But that's why I, I love to surround myself with people who will give me that kick in the ass when I need it and will, will tell me to um, – just to – Make sure that I'm moving forward and always doing my best. And that's one of those things where it's important to surround yourself with people that have your back and will encourage you when you need it and also kick your ass when you need it. So shout out to the girlfriend there.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, she it was she was one of the only people probably backing me on that um, on that idea. Uh, Like my literally entire family was not not for it because they didn't think it was something sustainable but she she definitely helped, uh definitely gave me the push that i needed and
1: that's why i always tell that story because i have to give her credit why i'm here <laughs> dude that's awesome um dude. one more thing that i want to touch on was mm-hmm. that like when you were going through qa mm-hmm. is i know that it was hard it was like you mentioned the difficulties what were the things that kept you motivated to keep pursuing your career even when it got hard
2: Oh, oh, it honestly so the number one, the number one thing about that that I can say is when you're passionate about something, you don't you don't care what's in your way. You will go after it. If you love something, it's not even a question. You won't even, like, hesitate. You just do it. So I can tell you all the stuff that I had to go through, which is, again, that two-hour drive. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, crunch time in QA is crazy, 16 hours, like, you know, some 16 hours probably for the entire week. Um, I had to – at one point, I had to sleep um, at my uh, – thankfully, I had an, uh, had an uncle who lived near nearby. So I slept at his house uh, every night um because i couldn't i couldn't keep up with the driving 16 hours back in well you know back in for yeah. two hours because then i had no sleep um but yeah uh it so it, it was it was it's just the love of what i was doing um i i uh, you know i love the gaming industry and love the gaming industry since i was a kid um as well as just you know also just the positive people all around me too because you know even if you even if when you're going to work and you love what you're doing it it's still nice to have those people those, those people positive people surrounding you that that also like keep you motivated as well so shout out to to my to to the crew that i was working with and all the all my coworkers that i uh worked with because they were they were awesome as well uh but yeah uh, main motivator honestly is is just that passion and that love for what you do And if you find it, it's not I – don't even have to think about it, honestly.
0: That's so cool. I think that's also a testament to you as an employee and as, like, a person because you said that you loved your coworkers, right? But you were with them for 16-plus hours a day, and obviously they enjoyed – they must have (laughs) enjoyed working with you too or else you wouldn't have still been there. So I think that's a really important um, note. And um, Mm -hmm. a question that I had – so I've never actually worked in QA. Can you kind of explain how it works? Like I've, I kind of understand that it's kind of like on a per project basis. So were you consistently working or whether it was there downtime or like what's the whole structure in, when you're working in QA, like specifically like Sony?
2: Yeah, so specifically Sony. So the uh, <laughs> when I was hired, I was through into the frying pan. We were <laughs> in the midst of uh, um, the I think part partially like the crunch time i think they were they were really hiring a whole bunch of people Mm -hmm. so so the time that i got hired in we were in the crunch time but it wasn't it wasn't um at the very end yet of the project it was just a lot of stuff that they needed to do so so what i was put in was i was just put in first just to check uh confirm that bugs were you know uh all fixed and stuff like that uh Mm -hmm. so doing confirmations uh what they call it uh so we we that's the most of the time it was on my task for you're assigned a specific level and you just essentially go through it. Um, there was, there were some uh, specific downtime. So how it works is your tasks can vary day by day. It's not always, um, you know, this is what we're going to be working on for the, like this entire time. No, it's either, Hey, something broke over here. We need to now shift our focus over here, grab everyone or whoever can do this and start, start working on this or finding out why this crash happened so yeah it's it's a it's a very fast-paced and um kind of flexible and, and you have to adapt kind of job because you don't know what may you know break <laughs> in the last second and then all hands on deck on that specific part um generally um uh it always and uh, again it differs by project each team has their own way of doing things um i know i'm i worked on one project where we had designated teams for specific like for art, for uh for the uh enemies, for the uh the, the character models just just to test specific out. And then I had I worked on another project who it was literally like we basically do everything and we just rotate. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah it it differs per per project. So if you do get when you get in um when you let's say you get into a on a project, you finish that and you go on to another one, don't mm-hmm. expect it to be the completely the same. Yeah. Always yeah, always ask what's, you know, what's how they do things and all that, Jess. Um, but yeah, that's generally how it goes. And then the crunch time is usually towards the end of the project. And that's when you're going to really pull those 16 hours, especially if they, uh, especially if it's like a big game that you're working on.
0: Okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of to follow up on that, um, you mentioned that you will be transitioning to like, a, was it product uh, coordinator? or production coordinator yes.
2: uh, pr- uh yeah production coordinator yes. yeah
0: so can you kind of explain like you said you saw the job description and both <laughs> you and the recruiter instantly saw that was a fit that it was a fit so mm-hmm. what were some of the skills that you developed or that you kind of what, were, what responsibilities did you have at your previous jobs that you think mm-hmm. really lended themselves pretty well to landing this current position
2: yes so yeah this this uh the the coordinator job um it has to do so the job descriptions essentially you're not doing the testing per se um you so you won't be the the general the general qa testers but however you will be gathering everyone's uh, all the feedback and all those um bugs and all those you know tickets and they're all going to be actually filtering to you so that's the for in the for the job role and what you do is essentially you're going to have as the coordinator you have to as the job entails coordinate or organize all the stuff that comes in um uh and then you have to essentially organize it on a document or anything uh any way to to then be able to give it to the any higher ups so if your lead needs it or if uh, uh, another supervisor needs it whoever needs that information but essentially you kind of like yeah organize it and make it easy to read and say hey we've been getting a whole bunch of hits on this crash here or this, or this defect right here is like killing us. We need to focus on this and all of these are a minor and stuff like that. Um, As for the skills uh, that actually, that helped me develop that is um, a lot of it was, a lot of it is communication. Uh, The organizing part, you kind of get along the way, especially being in QA, Mm -hmm. you have to be organized because you know, you need all those details for whenever something happens. So organization part, I, I, I had it already before coming into QA, but it got more refined as I worked in it. Okay. But the biggest part is communication, biggest part, because you are going. It, I, I especially QA, you're always going to be constantly talking to coworkers, uh, the you know the devs, um, programmers, uh, whoever, whatnot. Your your obviously your test leads. Um, so I would say that was the major wager part too. Um, I. Will also attest to they also since it's Amazon they also cared that about my customer service care. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I didn't touch on um, during the two year hiatus on as a uh, when I was doing the nursing school I still had and I still needed a job. Uh, I actually worked at Best Buy uh, mm-hmm. PC gaming department customer okay. service. Okay, cool. So yeah, so there you, so that's basically the 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 two main skills This was the or uh the the uh organizational skills as well as the, the communication was more important and honestly i like that's why i'm doing the podcast now because <laughs> i love talking to people so uh but yeah those are the two things
1: and another one of those things is like you you touched on the importance of customer service and this mm-hmm. might be a little difficult especially for the introverts out there who aren't mm-hmm. used to going out and talking to people but it's absolutely a critical skill to learn and working in a customer service job is a great way to build those personal skills. Like for me personally, I worked in retail, I worked in (laughs) fast food. And when you have to deal with irate customers on a day-to-day basis, it really, really trains you how to kind of manage your emotions and how to make sure that no matter how bad you're feeling internally, you're still able to work in a professional manner with other people because when you're in a job, like, especially in quality assurance as a tester, Mm -hmm. you're communicating with other people, your coworkers, your managers, and being able to control your emotions, um, especially in a high stress environment, that's a very valuable skill to have. So, A lot of you might be working kind of restaurant jobs right now and not see the value of it. You may not find the passion in it, but you absolutely building critical skills to work in a corporate environment. So I think that's an excellent, excellent uh, example. So thank you
2: yes if, if it helps anyone out there um i did have a coworker at best buy who was a complete introvert but she took the job because she she needed to help her family and i i gave her kudos for that but she, at the i remember the first day she worked she could not talk to any customers wow um, she already had like a week of training and she couldn't st- she still couldn't talk to any customers and i i I took her to the side um, because she was working with me in the PC department, and I said, you know, I asked her what's stopping her, and she's just like, I I just don't know how to approach them. Uh, I don't know how to talk to them. And I've been talking with her for the entire week because she was uh, with me. uh, I was helping her with the training. And I said, well, uh, what are we doing right now? She said, well, we're just talking. And I said, exactly. (laughs) To treat your customers like you would, like, well, you know, obviously help be more helpful to them, not just any other friend. But you don't have to. You can just, just talk. Uh, don't essentially let that in your mind, like, scare you that, oh, God, it's a complete stranger. You know, it you immediately start thinking bad things. Um, just talk to them normally. And um, she – so I still went with her, uh, accompanied her and uh, with other customers. And eventually she just started talking like what we would do and eventually she got to the point where it was super comfortable i think probably about a week a week and a half she was already just talking it up with some like random person that came into the into the store um so it's yeah it's i think probably the hardest part is just having that kind of you know courage to take that first step but like kudos to kudos to people who take that first step because that's pretty, pretty much the most important one in my opinion
0: that's, that's really cool. That's, um, no. to me, that, that kind of shows another, another trait that I know Steve talks about a lot, which is basically being an unofficial leader. Um, you kind of yeah. take it upon yourself <laughs> to actually help her out and take her to the side. So again, mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious how you've gotten to where you are now. And that's a great, that, that's a, that's a great story. Um, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious too, uh, kind of bringing it back to, uh, QA. Um, mm-hmm. so how did you, like, how do the communications typically go? Like, during crunch, I imagine that there was kind of, like, a hierarchy of tasks, like, what was what was the most important? Um, was it, like, did, did you report every single bug to them? Or did you find the ones that seemed to be the most game-breaking, the ones that occurred the most? Um, and how, how was the whole process with, like, communicating with the dev team? I'm just kind of curious, personally, because I've never been in that environment.
2: Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's, uh so... I actually would like to compare two, which is my Blizzard and versus the Sony. Mm-hmm. So the Sony one, so uh, we'll talk about Sony one. This this for the Sony job, uh, it it was a it was more of like so, it as you say I say Sony, it's not a specific studio. Mm-hmm. Um, our, the, our 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 department basically was a kind of like almost like a third party service QA um a QA ser- a third party QA service. Um, so we had a lot of different games coming through us. It wasn't just one specific, you know, studio, uh, but obviously you would be assigned to which team with a with that with whatever studio the you know the games being worked on. Um, but the so the communication from there um, uh, with with coworkers, it was pretty easy. We we generally have kind of like a, a platform to uh, to talk on it. We call it, it's, it's called Slack. And that's literally where every, all basically the hub of where everyone communicates if something goes on. So you don't have to like, let's say maybe someone's in another pot or another, uh, uh, area of the building. You can just, you know, message them. Um, but, uh, if they're right next to you, obviously you can talk with them too. Um, in terms of like whenever we have something game breaking or anything like that, generally, uh, it'll go to the leads. So every, usually every day you'll have a daily, uh, You know, stand up, meaning we all just, you know, we basically just get together, make sure uh, we're on the same page, what's going on, what our priority is, what the uh, what the leads think that we need to look out for. And then we we do our whatever assigned tasks while obviously looking out for other important things. Yeah, Um, we we're not we're not um, we're always not like stuck at a specific where. We're only looking for the big game breakers. There are times where we will be like, hey, we're about to launch the game. Don't look at the little, little stuff. We're, we're focusing more on, like, gotcha. the craziness. Okay. But we're always taught, at least I've, I especially with all the coworkers and all the test leads, they've we've talked. One of the important things is if you see something and you think it's a bug, it's, it's actually better to just put it into the system just in case. Because at least that covers your butt as well you know everyone's butt that way when it does show up and they and you know the the studio complains about it will be like well it is we found it but you said don't to worry about it so there's that thing Mm -hmm. um so the reason why i wanted to compare sony with the blizzard is because talking to devs in sony was much harder because like i said we're not it we're not dedicated to one studio per se it was a whole bunch of different games and most of the time those studios are like have their own teams as well and they were they're usually from somewhere like completely somewhere else so it was, it, when you want to, tech to a, talk to a dev it, it is kind of hard you have to jump through a lot of kind of hoops sometimes again depends on projects um however at blizzard it was very very easy because obviously their devs are literally right there so with blizzard i it actually was super easy to talk to the i've got to know the programmers i got to know some of the uh, the the devs the artists and stuff like that it was a more, uh, uh, it was a much easier process, mm-hmm. and um, they, I think it's very important to try to, you know, obviously uh, communicate with them uh, because that's another kind of networking thing again, just like what we've been talking about. Because the more you know them, then they can actually know you, and if there's anything that pops up, so let's say I was an aspiring artist, well now I know someone who's an artist at Blizzard, mm-hmm. and they can, mm-hmm. you know, if anything pops up, they can contact me. Cool. so yeah so that's essentially how how it works uh it's uh you you'll know exactly what you'll have what the priorities are right in the beginning because uh, we'll have that stand up and then from that point on generally it's just doing through your tasks and then um if anything big pops up obviously you will relay that to your leads um put a report in there and then uh go from go from there
1: Gotcha, and yep, yep. dude, that's awesome. That I, I I love that experience, and I love that example from you. And mm-hmm. and taking a step back a little bit, what what advice would you give somebody who's an ex, an aspiring QA tester? Like they don't have any experience. What advice would you give to them to to get that first gig to get their foot in the door?
2: So, uh, I'm probably going to say probably i would say if you're looking for to being a qa tester one of the things that it, it, it's 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 hard because i'll point out to me that it was pretty i was pretty lucky to get it however um to get to get to get it started i would probably say to look into the um there's a uh, ISTB QA certification kind of thing that was actually a uh uh, the certification that you actually do need to to uh, actually even be seen to get uh, to get hired, or even to get an interview, because uh, I remember talking to one of my leads, and that certification was actually the next step I was supposed to do before I left Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, so the IST uh, TBQA is essentially just a general uh, quality assurance certification um, uh, that you that you can get. Uh, just take taking you know. Reading through, studying, take the test, and then you'll get the certification after the test. Um, so that's actually probably the official way to start off. Um, uh, like I like my, me, I'm still in the progress of getting it. Uh, I'm definitely gonna get it, just you know, to also have it because that's a good thing to have on your resume too. Mm-hmm. You, it makes you stand out. Um, s- and then second, um, honestly, get in touch with uh, get in t- Go on do linkedin linkedin's a huge right now uh make your profile uh start trying to do uh try building, the, building up that profile and then start start con- just start tra- contacting recruiters getting yourself known out there uh and you know telling them exactly why you want to do this and what you know they'll most likely be able to um point you out like like I like I said I've been fortunate to have a mentor like Steve uh, to show me those paths, because otherwise I wouldn't really know where to go. Um, so trying to find a good mentor like that too would be uh, uh, a good step as well, another step. Uh, but yeah, but honestly, most important thing is just keep ch- keep trying. If you if if you really don't have any anywhere else to go, don't hesitate to contact someone on LinkedIn, like find a like a different recruiter. Find, that's where the networking really does hit hard. Um, so. But, yeah, it's still definitely try, though. Keep trying. Um, keep applying to whatever, whichever one because you never know. Like, like what happened to me? You don't know. If you don't try, nothing's going to come out of it. Uh, I couldn't I, – if, I if, if my girlfriend didn't tell me to go for it, I wouldn't be here with you guys. I wouldn't be talking to you guys right now. So, you know, that's, that's the very most important part is to, to just try and put yourself out there. That is so and, cool. and
1: then a follow-up question to that is after you know if somebody is in QA if they're looking to take that next step um, what what would you recommend for them to be not only a good tester to be good at their job now but then also moving forward in their career and see what path they want to take next
2: yeah so I one of the things I learned uh, early on in um, the uh, in QA is you you have you you're going to have to be um, what's the word I was going to say dedicated more like you have you're going to have to be really uh, attention to pay attention to those details really work work hard as well as get make yourself known to everyone around you be 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 that guy who basically be that guy where you if someone else has a question you'll be able to be able to to do your uh, to give an answer um, do your do your due diligence you know research if you have some have an idea don't be afraid to, to throw it out there um, that's probably one of the one, number one most important things especially when you're starting out in QA because no one knows you right now right now as far when you first start you're you're just one of the QA testers they don't know you um, so don't be afraid because uh, majority of the time a lot of these game CEOs really cool people, they're uh, they're they're amazing people to work with. Uh, most of the time, they're all really friendly. The ones I worked with are super friendly. Um, they want you to ask them questions. Um, if uh, so, if if you want to set up one-on-one meetings with them uh, to ask them what how's your performance, what you need to improve. The more you put yourself out there, and the more you 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 also help other people. Um, the more you'll be recognized and they'll be like, oh yeah, if so, if some, someone has a question, be like, oh, I don't know. Let me ask, let me go ask Joe Mar cause he, he worked on this, uh, or I think he knows last time I asked him, mm-hmm. uh, and people will instantly start recognizing you. So just basically putting yourself out there, you need to put yourself out there, uh, do the volunteer work obviously too. It's really, it's really, uh, it's good on the resume, but also it's just awesome to help out, um uh, other people. Uh, and you know, just again, yeah, just do your due diligence.
1: And like one, one of the other things you talked about was like networking within the company. And one of the examples that I love is that you went out of your way to attend functions that had, uh, other Sony employees. And one in particular was playing basketball right? You (laughs) took time out of your day. You literally took like your 15 and 30 minute breaks to go out and play basketball. And from my perspective, um, that was a huge move because it puts you in a position to interact with people at the company that you wouldn't normally come across on a day-to-day basis. And that exposure, it shows one, it, it, it goes back to the know, like, and trust, which is something that I've talked about in other uh, in other episodes. So one, they have to know you exist. Two, getting to like you, your personality, and playing a team sport like basketball, they can see how well you communicate. They can see how well you work with other people. And then trusting you is trusting your work ethic and getting to know who you are as a person. And then one of the things about trust is that it's built over time. It's not just like a one and done thing where you meet somebody and automatically trust is built. You know, I saw you on the basketball court for months at a time because we just kept going back and playing. And Mm -hmm. the more I got to know you and seeing your work ethic and seeing how you played a game like basketball, I understood that your personality in that environment would translate the same exact way into the work environment. So even though, we weren't like working side by side on a day-to-day basis. I saw how you interacted with everybody and that was the example that I needed. And that was one of those things that encouraged me to just go out and chat with you. And I said, hey, I'm here to help. And then the cool thing was that you already had it in your mind that you were looking for the help and that's, I gave the message, but it was up to you to reach out to me. Um, So what was it about our interactions that made you want to reach out to me?
2: Oh, it, I mean, it, it was it was just the talks that we had, you know, I um, uh, it, it, I had I already had I already knew I wanted to do something more. But I was I obviously I didn't know where to go. Um, so, you know, that's that's one of the things we brought up in one of in some, uh, some of our talks. And um, once you started kind of like laying down, like, you know, telling me all about your experience and then actually showing me that how that works uh that's that really helped me into getting out you know figuring everything out what that i need to do so that's why i am thankful to uh that i you know um uh, i went to decide to go play basketball um it, it was but it's it's funny because um you know i wasn't even i wasn't even expecting uh that i honestly i love basketball and i love my i love the co-workers there so i figured when you when i heard um that there was going to be people doing kind of that activity you know at a certain uh you know for this certain amount of time and you know during these days i was just like oh shoot i i want to get i want to get in there because you know i've now found people who have similar interests to me in basketball with basketball and now i'm even able to more put myself out there and meet more people um actually a a probably a good just a great uh great point about that is when you are so when you are in qa generally they they tend to do really like if they have any kind of events or anything like that definitely go to them you know people play there's people who i played board games with i played um card games with um i made i made amazing friends who uh also um you know, loved <laughs> loved pets, and we talked about our pets like the entire lunch. It's it's those sort of things where you're you t- you need to take advantage of all those kind of uh, social gatherings where uh, you're able to find people that you can make those connections with. Like, uh, not only did I meet Steve uh, during playing basketball, I also met one of the leads, uh, uh, one of the test leads for uh, the another game that I ended up working on. So it's like, you know, it, it really does come full circle, especially when you are you are like putting yourself out there. So I think that's another important point is that if there's anything out there that has anything to do with like, you know, uh, like social gatherings or kind of events, definitely try to attend and, you know, um, you'll, you can make some really cool connections. A point that I kind of wanted to
0: highlight from what you just mentioned was mm-hmm. not just going to those events, but you specifically mentioned that you didn't have any expectations uh, going into it, right? Yes. You didn't go mm-hmm. in there saying, oh, can you hire me? And that's something that totally um, uh, translates into your LinkedIn networking that you mentioned before, right? Like I come from yeah, an audio yeah. background mm-hmm. and um, I know it's pretty common. It's difficult for audio people to kind of have a project to work on. So they'll work with a mm-hmm. game dev and say, hey. Uh you working on any cool projects right now because I'm a composer and I'd love to work on it instead of hey I hear you're a game dev what got you into game dev what kind of games are you interested in what are some of your hobbies um yes. so I really mm-hmm. I really loved that loved your approach because um you probably didn't know that one of them was going to end up being the director when you ended up talking to him right so <laughs>
2: exactly yeah no that 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 is a very good point yeah it, it you yeah when when you're doing those those you know trying to interact with people and stuff like that i i never i never expected anything i uh, honestly i would just wanted to make connection or friends just friends uh in in the in the environment that i loved um and you know that's that's one of the reasons why it's you you um you want to be kind of uh what steve was mentioning that you you want to make those really like good and friendly connections because you never know what who who you're going to be you know playing a board game with or playing basketball with or just eating lunch with for all you know that guy's probably going to become the the ceo of the company and then yeah. you know so it's yeah it's uh that's yeah that's definitely a really good point that you uh mentioned
0: for sure yeah and i think that also helps cover steve's other two pillars right like your initial contact, they know you, mm-hmm. but do they like you and trust you? That doesn't really come if you're just asking yes. for a job instantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and then the going into your new assignment, um, one of the things that we discussed was ways to make yourself valuable and how to reverse engineer like your experience at this new workplace and how to use it, and build it, and design it, and create it yourself, instead of waiting for things to to just kind of happen and come to you. Do you remember what I'm referring to, Joe Mark?
2: Yeah, the reversing uh, reverse engineering. Um, basically, you take that job, and then you essentially uh, take it all the way back up. Uh, so this this new this new role um, is it's what I had to do was really look at the like what they want they wanted from me. Um, that's the, the one of the things that um, stood out was like I like I said, I didn't I didn't even I didn't know about this job until it until Steve mentioned it. So I was looking at I was looking at that um, the the job description and I started kind of going back to what I w- was doing, um, what what all my experiences were. And I was just uh, kind of led me to uh, the job and I finally figured out, oh, well, this is something that I could do um, why not try it and that's why I snatched the opportunity Um, but uh, I think that's is that the the thing that we're talking about
1: kind of and then actually I I was going into thinking even further I think one of the mentions during our conversation was now that you're in this coordinator role also think of the role that you want in the future that you want to move into from here Oh, yeah. Look, yes, yes. look at those mm-hmm. job descriptions and then reverse engineer that so that you're building your experience as a production coordinator to yes. also have those uh, the experiences for the job that you're looking for.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So learning is basically working on those kinds of uh the your your skills and stuff that you can use in other jobs uh, in the future. Yeah. Um, it That's the one of the thing Actually, one of the things is what I'm trying uh, trying to do, obviously, is uh one of the things that made me hesitate on taking that job uh is because i didn't know if i can take it to somewhere else to the to like another because obviously i'm moving away from the gaming industry i'm in amazon i think it's it's amazon ring um that's basically where i'm i'm helping out with their kind of products there has nothing to do with gaming industry stuff um and that was one of my hesitant uh like what made me kind of hesitate uh and i was telling steve about that and um that's actually that's where that's where we had that that uh the uh, advice you gave me um because you can while you're at that job you can tailor to work on whatever skills that you're doing in that job and you can tailor it to something else that you can apply for later uh Mm -hmm. to another something in the gaming industry so yeah that's essentially what i'm gonna be uh working on as i'm uh you know fulfilling this job role and then obviously i want to go back into the gaming industry to do something else uh hopefully cool
1: And another thing that I wanted to point out is that even though certain job titles are the same across different companies and different industries, sometimes the responsibilities can be completely different. So for example, Joe Mar mentioned that the role that he's going into production coordinator role is working a lot with bugs and kind of triaging them and going to making sure they get to the right people to fix, uh, to fix those bugs. I had the same exact job title at PlayStation, production coordinator. And my role was more along the lines of coordinating with the development team and the artists and the programmers and the designers. So very important distinction is that in, in the corporate world, you might have the same job title, but very different responsibilities. And on the reverse end of that, sometimes you have the same exact responsibilities and different job titles hmm. across companies so one of those things to keep in mind is as you're growing in your profession what is your job title and what would other similar job titles be so that you can fit them into your LinkedIn profile accordingly depending on where you want to go into the future um, so yeah like thank you so much for bringing up that uh, that example mm-hmm yep. All and right, then uh, going from there is um, I know you mentioned working at Amazon, working at Blizzard, working at PlayStation, three very different companies. Um, How would you how would you like your career to move forward from here? Like long term, what are you looking to do?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, uh, pretty simple. Uh, Right now, actually, um, I do. My short term goal is obviously getting a full time conversion (laughs) because this job is is still a night. It's still a contractor job. Uh, Nine, I think nine months and obviously with extensions. Uh, But I did talk already, you know, during the interview with the uh, the the main uh, the manager essentially to that uh, our uh, department. And they, he said that, you know, full-time conversion is definitely a thing, uh, but you have to obviously show me why I, w- I want to fight for you to stay on here. So, it obviously, you know, uh, that's, that's going to be my short-term goal right now, uh, is getting that full-time. And then my long-term goal is obviously um, seeing where I can go, uh, where I can fulfill that job role now, but in the gaming industry and possibly even uh, finding another path, uh, that'll, you know, essentially give me, get me higher. So I'm still, I'm still definitely, you know, still want to get something more for myself. Uh, but that's basically how I have my path laid out at the moment. Awesome. Yeah. And, um, so we are actually reaching
0: the end of the episode. So, um, Jomar, are there any, um, like last parting words of advice that you love to give to our audience (laughs) um it seems that we focus a lot on the softer skills right like obviously Mm -hmm. there's some technical ability that's assumed in your job but you mentioned Mm -hmm. uh confidence having um the the straight you know the the ability to actually try something and Mm -hmm. um being an unofficial leader so what are some kind of like some parting words of advice you'd give people and also um, where can people find you? Like, uh, uh, what's your LinkedIn? Are you on social media? Stuff like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, for as far as parting uh, parting advice, um, yeah, I honestly, if you get anything from what, what I've been talking about today, is that is is to try. Um, it's one of the biggest mistakes that I made was was quitting Sony and or and and just quitting qa uh in general um at that point uh because i i let people tell me what what i should do i didn't i didn't follow what i wanted to do so that in my that wasted two years that i could have been using to gain experience at qa and gaining experience in qa is very important as well so so for probably my biggest advice is to try and don't. And if you think that you can do something and you think you can succeed in that job, go for it. Don't let anyone else tell you. Otherwise, don't tell them that even, even if they tell you that it's not going to be sustainable or it's not practical or anything like that. No, it is. You can make a job living. You can make a job, mate, do you know, playing video (laughs) games? Don't let anyone tell you. Otherwise (laughs) that is a possible thing. Um, and yeah yeah just try and go for it um uh, and then of course once you are in there put yourself out there make yourself known make people know who you are because then more people know who you are more people will go to you and you won't have even have to like search for the job yourself you'll get people coming to you hey it's like hey you want to do this job so um yeah that would be my advice um if as far as looking for uh, being on social media, um, I have my LinkedIn profile. Um, it's just uh, Joe Mateo on there, um, so you can see all my experiences and such. Uh, as far as social media, I generally more on Instagram. Uh, that'll be uh, Capital J M underscore Lunar um, on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. Awesome! Thanks for
0: coming on. It was an awesome episode. And uh, thanks, guys, for for, this, for tuning in to this episode of the Empower Up Podcast. Um, just wanted to kind of reiterate that we are actually on YouTube now. So um, if you guys are watching on Twitch, we appreciate that. We'd love for you to follow us on there. Um, we're also on YouTube under Empower Up Podcast. Um, so, yeah. Um, thanks, guys. And uh, we'll see you on the next one.
1: Peace.